And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Jason Offit back with us. Has been a journalist since 1987. Teaches journalism at Northwest Missouri State University. Prior to that, he was the managing editor for the Kansas City Entertainment Magazine called The X and a humor columnist for the Examiner newspapers in Jackson County, Missouri. He's got a Master's of Arts degree in communication from Central Missouri State University in Warrensburg. And Jason, welcome back. Your latest book I hear is called The Girl in the Corn. That sounds scary. Well, yeah, it uh, just won a uh, won a, won an award. It's the uh, it won the Benjamin Franklin Gold Award from the uh, Independent Book Publishers Association, and and was one of the finalists uh, for the uh, Silver Fal- uh, Falcon Falcon Award from the uh, uh, Killer Nashville uh, book uh, you know book award contest. Good so for I'm you. Happy with it. Is there a possible movie here? You know what? I got my fingers crossed, but uh, I've I've had some dealings with. Uh, with folks out in Hollywood before, and and if there is this sort of thing, takes a long time. And you have another novel out called "How to Build a Time Machine." Right? Yeah, I I, I like humor, and and I try to keep it out of my <laughs> try to keep it out of my horror for obviously, but uh, I really cut loose with uh, "How to Build a Time Machine." It's a it's a, a humorous sci-fi, and uh, it got a lot of great reviews. Good for you. How have you been lately, Jace? Man, you know, George, I've been I've been great. Um, I'm just, yeah, the weather weather in Northwest Missouri's finally started turning cold, so I'm happy. It's coming this way. I'm in St. Louis right now, and uh, we're going to get it pretty soon. Yeah, it's coming. How did you get involved in paranormal writing? Well, I had always wanted to write. It's one of those one of those dreams uh, as a little kid that I I told my parents I wanted to write books when I grew up, and they patted the top of my head and then sent me along to play. Uh, but I, I've been interested in monsters ever since the early seventies. Um, I've always been a voracious, voracious reader, even when I was pretty young and, and I'd, I'd, I'd look at the newspaper and back in 1973, there were stories in the Kansas city newspaper about Bigfoot sightings out in Louisiana, Missouri, and thinking, my gosh, there's monsters in my home state. It's amazing. So that that got me. Uh, Momo got me fascinated in monsters. And you wrote a book four years ago called Chasing American Monsters. They're all over the place, aren't they? Right. Uh, yes, it, they are. And what 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 I tried to do uh, with Chasing American Monsters is go state by state and show what monsters are in each state. Because yes, uh, whether whether legendary or real, they're all out. They're out there everywhere. What kind of monsters are we talking about here, Jace? Well, we're talking everything from, uh, of course, Bigfoot. It's uh, it's the one monster that is in 49, has been encountered in 49 states. The only one it hasn't been in is Hawaii. I guess it doesn't like uh, uh, doesn't like poi for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been seen everywhere. I mean, everything from Bigfoot to um, extreme monsters uh, like the... Um, uh, like the Hodag, or or up in Wisconsin, or the uh, um, oh the show. Oh, it's not ringing a bell right now. Hold on for a second, and I'll get it. But it's 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 a monster that is uh, that cries all the time. It looks like a giant wrinkled pig, and it uh, and it and it's just really depressed. So anything from stuff that can be real to to you know legendary stories that are just kind of fun. Is that the White Screamer? No, no, the White Screamer is out of uh, out of Tennessee. It um, uh, a man encountered it uh, back in the back in the eighteen hundreds. He 
he and his family kept hearing screaming from from outside the house and and eventually he got tired of it and got his gun one night and went looking for it and he followed the screams throughout the forest and eventually the screams led him back around to his house and what was actually screaming were were, were members of his family who were all slaughtered by by something that he saw running away that was uh that was a white beast clearly people are seeing things aren't they Uh, There are way too many sightings for them not to be, Uh, especially when it comes to something like Bigfoot. There are so many credible sightings. There is so much evidence out there that if this were a murder trial, somebody just from that evidence could be put away. A couple nights ago, I was talking to Lon Strickler about uh, flying humanoids near Chicago and uh, winged creatures. I mean, unbelievable. Did you ever come across any of those? Well, I only came across uh, one winged uh, creature. Lon's great, by the way. Um, he has done some done some tremendous work through the years, and and I followed his work through, uh, you know, through the winged winged creatures in Chicago, and it's yeah. it's fascinating. Uh, there was one winged, winged creature that I covered, and and it wasn't necessarily the 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 person I interviewed didn't necessarily call it a creature. He called it a man. Uh, he and his and his family were walking. Uh, home from from church in the small town of of Camden, Missouri, and he saw uh, he was about ten years old, and he saw up in a tree a man standing there with wings, and it saw him see see it, and he told his parents, I mean, look, there's a guy in the tree, and the thing just sprang into the air and flew off. They they never did see it again, but uh, uh, there were a couple of people he he said uh, from his childhood who reported it in the area throughout the the next couple of years. What is some of the most unusual creatures that you have investigated or come across? Well, there are a lot of uh, uh, a lot of different different bizarre creatures. One of them uh, is the demon leaper from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. It's uh, it was spotted in the uh, in the late 1800s. Uh, there was an article in the, in the New York Times about it. It was uh, a large bat-like creature, you know, big leathery wings, mm-hmm. talons, uh, pointed ears, you know, pointed teeth. And basically, what what the description was was a gargoyle, a gargoyle sitting on top of a building. And you know, we see those in old architecture all the time. But sure. This one took off into the air, and it was seen uh, specifically. I had my window open. I'm sorry, George. That's okay. That was a cat. It was not a cryptid. <laughs> Monster cat coming in Monster. to get you. Exactly. Live so, on the air. If the if the phone goes dead, that's it, the monster cat. But, yeah, I think uh. um, just the fact that we found a, um, you know, people reported seeing a gargoyle flying through the air in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, I think is absolutely fascinating. I mean, what else could they be looking at? To make that kind of report, I, I mean, I don't know that sort of thing. Um, I mean, it could be it could be mistaken. I mean, I, I don't. There aren't any extraordinarily large, you know, bats in, in the United States. Not like uh, uh, what's the one in Australia, the fox fox faced bat. Those things are enormous. Um, but what else? What else could it be? I mean, the, the wings it could be could be pterodactyl wings um which which those things have been seen in a number of places in the United States over the over the years prehistoric uh, birds you think they could still be around you know if any if anything could be i think i think it could be the birds um there have been a lot of uh, 
you know, a lot of dis- discussion, uh, if, you know, from Central America, America to Mexico to the American Southwest, of of um, you know of, of dinosaurs, of, of of birds especially. Uh, there was back in 1977, a group of, uh, of teachers were driving through Texas, uh, West Texas, from they were coming home from a conference. And they saw a pterodactyl in the sky. Now, these were four, not just teachers, but science teachers. You think four science teachers would know what a pterodactyl looked like. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I think they very well could. Something I think might be a little bit, uh, a little bit more realistic would be uh, the, the Thunderbirds from Native American lore. Thunderbirds. Right. Yeah, the description of, of, of those are... Uh, basically, the description of a pterotorn, a bird that lived back in the uh, in, in the ice age. Those very well still could be around. I think that's real. There's a uh, historical story of the Piasaw bird, which is a thunderbird in Alton, Illinois. And uh, on the cliffs of the banks of the Mississippi, there's a huge depiction of this bird that uh, they talk about. And they talk about how some of the Native Americans fought it because it came back with its talons and tried to pick up uh, Native Americans and sw- fly off with them. It was incredible. Did you ever hear of that, the Piasaw right. bird? I, I sure did, and I know exactly what uh, what what painting you're talking about. I, I have seen it. It's, um, it, it. it's It's fascinating because those type of birds have been seen not just in, in ancient times, but, but, you know, in the last 100, 150 years, there was a, a story, I think it might have been out of, out of Pennsylvania, uh, back in the early 1900s, where a 12-year-old child was picked up by a bird of large size, and if it wasn't for the fact that his, his parents came out screaming and throwing things at it, it would have whisked him away. Truly remarkable. Jason Offit with us. We're talking about his works and uh, Chasing American Monsters is a book he wrote four years ago. His website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. you got to tell me about this title, The Girl in the Corn. That sounds like a horror book. Well, yeah, it definitely is a horror book. I've, uh, you know, I've, I've in- investigated uh, and I've just done a lot of fun research, reading, reading for fun. On all sorts of um, all, all sorts of paranormal and, and mythological beings, and one that has always fascinated me is the little people, the the, the fae, uh, because these things are all over the world. You know, when you think of fairies, you think of European lore, uh, and, and specifically, you know, Irish leprechauns, mm-hmm. but you know, elves and, and kobolds, trolls. Um, the Tom Tar from from Sweden, the Norse mythology had their little people. Uh, uh, all throughout Asia, South America, the, there there are lots of, uh, of of stories of magical little people throughout throughout North America. Whenever a similar tale is told world world round, that has been, um, you know, there's before the time when supposedly our our cultures were talking to each other. There's got to be some truth to it, I think. And I was with my daughter when she was a little younger. She was watching uh, the Disney Channel, and and, and uh, a fairy movie was on. And I was like, you know, fairies aren't like that. <laughs> they're not like that Disney. You know, they're they're not like the Disney fairy at all. So that was the germ of the girl in the corn. Uh, I wanted. Uh, I grew up on a farm, so I based it on a, on a farm. But it's about a boy who sees a fairy in uh, in the corn uh in in the garden 
and it terrorizes him his whole life. I was that's, first that's where I, it came from. I was first introduced to leprechauns with a Disney movie called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. That's uh, with Sean Connery, if I don't uh, way back. Yep. Yes. It was a classic, and uh, I've been fascinated with the story of leprechauns and stuff. Got a little disappointed when they came out with a movie of that leprechaun being evil. Well, that Remember was that one? a bit cheesy, yes. I believe that was Jennifer Aniston's first first movie role, yeah. Well, one of the things about the little people that really it, it, it made me happy when this, when this was discovered was back in, oh, my gosh, the early 2000s or maybe the mid-2000s. Um, in, in the on the island of Flores, the the, the locals uh, down down around Indonesia, the locals had talked about the uh, Ibu Gogo uh, that was part of their local folk folklore. It was the um, their little people who would come and steal food and sometimes steal babies to eat from from the tribesmen. Oh, jeez! And they had this this story, and and of course, Western Western science, you know, completely disregarded it as mythology until. Uh, scientists found in in a cave system that the locals told them is where these Ibu Gogo were. They found uh, up to three foot tall skeletons of fully grown humans, and it turned out to be um, a new off or a different offshoot of of humanity. And it was called Homo Florensis, and and uh, they were dubbed the Hobbits because they only grew to be about uh, three or four foot tall. But that really confirmed what the, the locals had been, been talking about all that time. Why do you think mainstream science, Jason, really doesn't dive into these stories? Because they're truly remarkable stories. They are. Um, uh, a lot of mainstream science, and I have all the respect in the world for mainstream science, but, but a lot of it has to do with grant money. And if they start, if they start investigating, uh, uh, you know, paranormal or just strange you know, strange topics. They're not going to get that grant money, so so they 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 don't. Uh, they don't they don't want to hurt their reputation. Uh, there's a, another example. Uh, in 1998, there was a, a an ape that was discovered called the Billy Ape, B I L I, uh, in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, where a lot of a lot of cryptozoological sightings are, are there. But the the locals said that it was a giant chimpanzee that that howled at the moon and you know would kill leopards and eat them they walked upright but they would make um, you know make beds like gorillas and you know science considered that a, a fanciful tale, tale until in 1998 they discovered that these you know tribesmen were 100% right this thing existed so yes why don't we listen listen to the the local folklore because those stories came about for a reason it's a little like some pilots who refuse to report UFO sightings that they see. Right. But, I mean, I understand that. It's 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 either, you know, uh, talk about the UFO that they saw or maybe lose their job. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. Right. What would you say is the most ludicrous monster story you've ever heard? Oh, there are uh, there. There are quite a few. I think the. Uh, the Bolt Rock Slider from Colorado is, is, is pretty silly. This, this goes back to the days of gold and, and silver mining back in the 1840s. And um, it supposedly was a whale, uh, a, land, uh, you know, a land-based whale with a big hook on its tail. And it would put the hook on the top of a mountain and just lay there. 
and wait for prey to walk beneath it, and then it would un, un, um, un, unleash its hook and slide down and swallow up whoever was below it. Uh, it, it was probably this. This was probably come up with by um, by miners who didn't you know wanted to scare away claim jumpers. But that that was pretty silly. But uh, also, if you think about it, if that was real, my God, how how terrifying would that be? And there have been some terrifying stories too, haven't there? Oh, there there have been. Um, I I really think there are definitely. And I, I didn't I didn't just write this for fun. Although I had a lot of fun writing that book. Um, there are a lot of creatures out there that are that are scary. There are dangerous creatures. Uh, the the Lawton werewolf in Lawton, Oklahoma. They uh, there were a number of sightings from credible people of a werewolf uh, over a, a short period of time. And and you know considering all the dogman sightings that we've had over the years through uh, you know Michigan and 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 the Beast of you know Bray Road, that combined with the Lugaru stories which are werewolves in Louisiana, you know, again, it's one of those, one of those tales that has got to have some truth behind it, I think. Group of people were on a train in Colorado. We've got this on our coasttocoastam.com website in the highlight reel, Jason. And they have uh, cell phone video of what looks like a Bigfoot out there in the hinterlands. And uh, if it's a guy, he's out there by the mountains and things all by himself dressed up like Bigfoot, which is kind of crazy to do because someone's going to take a shot at you. I, I know all these, all these um, you know, people that come out, well, it's just a guy in a suit. I don't know who's crazy enough to dress in a Bigfoot suit. I, I had, I had read when they were filming return of the Jedi, uh, they were using the, the Pacific Northwest specifically up in, up in Washington as as the the planet moon indoor and they had people guarding uh peter mayhew who dressed as chewbacca because they were afraid some hunter was going to shoot him for a bigfoot that's crazy that's crazy yeah. jason we're going to take a quick break and when we come back i want to toss some individual monster names at you and you can describe for us what they are where they may have been seen next hour we'll open up the phone lines and give you an opportunity to chalk talk with the jason offit perhaps you have a story or two of a creature you've seen but we'll be back in a moment on coast to coast am as we talk about his works chasing american monsters and welcome back to coast to coast george nori with jason offit as we are talking about monsters his book is called chasing american monsters He's got a couple others out there. The one that he most recently wrote is scary. It's called The Girl in the Corn. And he has another one that says, so you had to build a time machine. Do you think time travel is possible, Jason? Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, because physics says it is. Um, whether or not it's happening now, I don't know. But I've interviewed plenty of people um, who've had something happen to him that they can't quite explain. Um, and, and there have been plenty of stories out there that are that are believable. So, uh, yes, absolutely. Whether or not we can go backward in time or not, that's that's the big problem. Forward, like, you know, heck, we're doing it right now. If you could go back into time, where would you go? Oh, my gosh, not farther than the Pure Food and Drug Act being passed in the United <laughs> States. Because most people, you know, romanticize, I want to go back and, you know, see – um, you know, see, see, see Christ. I want to go back and see the pyramids being built. Yep. You couldn't eat the food. You couldn't drink the water. Um, yeah, the air would be cleaner, but other than that, you, uh, you'd be in some deep trouble. And if you went into the future, how far out would you go? 
Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know how much further I, I'd, I'd, I'd want to go, George. You know, given the way the world is right now, we've got two wars going on. Um, I, who knows how long the world's going to be around? I, that sounds too pessimistic. I'm sorry. That's, that's let's go a thousand years. <laughs> I think. In, I think in the long run, we're going to still be here, Jason. We're going to make gosh. it work. George, I hope so. I really do. Me too. Let me throw some monster names at you and give us some descriptions of these things. The Ililama Lake Monster, if I'm saying that right. Right. And, you know, I, there are a couple of names here. I'm not sure if I, I'm saying right, but I, I think that's pretty close. Uh, this is a, a monster from uh, from Alaska that the uh, that the native people uh, have had stories about for, for centuries. It is a, an enormous fish, about 30 feet long. Wow. And, one of the things it's it's got a it's silver, and it has the a block sized head and uses or a block shaped head and it, and it uses that block to to sink boats, so it was a warning uh, not to get out not to get out on the lake because uh, because the monster might might get you. There, there are other other stories very similar to that that uh, try to keep people from uh, you know I've tried to keep people over the years from going out someplace dangerous. That that might be another one, but there have been modern sightings, modern as in at least the uh, the nineteen forties. Uh, now you mentioned one that had a similar name to this, but this is called the Garo. Right, that's from uh, from Arkansas in the late eighteen hundreds, and and one of the things about the late eighteen hundreds, uh, the newspaper industry was was an absolute mess. Uh, actually, through through a lot of the later eighteen hundreds. Uh, they were extremely sensationalist and and printed a lot of things that were that were dubious. Uh, I'm I'm just qualifying that. Oh, yeah, we called uh, it yellow journalism. Absolutely. I just got finished lecturing on yellow journalism to my to my intro class. Uh, but this was uh, was in Arkansas. This was reported in the Arkansas uh, Gazette. There was uh, a monster that was reported killing livestock and killing local pets. And uh, they called it the Goro because that's the noise allegedly that it that it made. And people finally got sick of uh, sick of this thing. It had it would leave tracks in in the ground uh, leading from um, you know bodies of water to to the farms. And they 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 tracked it down. They they shot it. Uh, it was a big fight. It ended up ripping you know ripping down trees. Uh, bit the leg off of one of the uh, members of the posse that was out hunting it. Oh my gosh! But, but they they put it down. It had uh, web feet. Uh, it was about twenty feet long. It was a lizard. Uh, it had a couple of tusks, rows of horns along its back, and a uh, long thin tail with a blade on the end of it. And they didn't keep it. They this is one of those stories. There are so many of these that they sent it to the Smithsonian and it disappeared. Poof. Interesting. What about the Dark Watchers? What are they? All right, the the Dark Watchers. I I really I like this. This is a California story, and apparently in in the mountains around uh, you know near near Los Angeles, you can see people standing on a ledge, uh, looking out toward the ocean, and they they, they appear as you know silhouettes. And people have seen them throughout the years. They have, um, um, they, they've left no, no real, uh, uh, you know, no tracks, nothing to, to say that they're real. And if you show up nowadays, the legend is, 
and, and you're not wearing any sort of clothing that uh, is from, you know, similar to the 1800s that they will immediately vanish. But if you wear old wool clothing, you can get fairly close to them before they vanish. But uh, John Steinbeck wrote about wrote about these. Um, they were uh, they were in a, in a in a poem. They've they've been in uh, they've been mentioned in in a, in a song. I don't remember which which artist did the song, however. But uh, uh, yeah, they're 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 fairly fairly famous, and and they haven't ever hurt anybody apparently. The wog. The wog. There may be a uh, 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 well. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. What the wog is? It's in uh, Georgia. It's uh, Jackson County, Georgia, specifically. It, it's considered a black demon dog. It has its front legs are about. It's about the size of a small horse. Its front legs are longer than its rear legs. It sounds to me from the description uh, to be very similar to a hyena. And hmm. there have been hyena sightings uh, across the United States over the years. There was back in the in the Pleistocene era, there were two species of Pleistocene hyena uh, that that lived in North America, and and I think some Pleistocene animals very well could still be around. Like we were talking the the Thunderbird, the Teratorn, it could still be here in some distant place. And and anything described as a um, described as a hyena, I think might still be around. There was one shot in in Wyoming. Uh, back in the uh, early 1900s and it's stuffed and in in a museum and and the owner won't let uh won't let anybody uh you know do any do any uh, dna testing on it which is unfortunate but uh, i think the wog may be one of those how about the enfield monster this is a fairly uh fairly famous case in enfield illinois a uh there was a scratching at, at a door back in the early 1970s. I think it was 1973. That's never a good sign. <laughs> never a good sign. I don't want, I'm not answering the door if they're scratching at the door. No. And I, I don't have a dog. Uh, in 1973, a guy named Henry McDaniel uh, looked out his window and saw a hulking object. He thought it might have been a bear, but there you know, weren't any bears in the area that he knew of. But But he grabbed a flashlight and a gun and went outside, and he saw a creature that was was trying to hide between a couple of his rose bushes. It was a humanoid, vague, vaguely humanoid shaped. It was grayish. It was about four and a half feet tall. It had three legs, and he shot it. And when he shot it, it it screamed and jumped away like a like a kangaroo. The footprints that it did leave footprints. Uh, after he called the police, the police came and found him, and they were they were vaguely dog shaped, but they had six six toes. And it was reported another uh, you know a couple of times in that area, but then eventually disappeared disappeared forever. Now, what in the world is the Meshenbeck? You know, I've uh, I didn't bring my book down with me in that one. I don't actually remember. That's embarrassing. What a bizarre name! It is a bizarre name. Well, a lot of these have bizarre names. We've got the 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 Grunch, the Boo Hag, the Awful. Those are all bizarre but uh, equally great names. What is the Grunch? Uh, the Grunch is a. There are a lot of stories around the country. Uh, I know there's one in Massachusetts. There's one in Illinois, and this one's from um, this one's from from Louisiana. The the Grunch, um, and they're and they're vaguely similar. The Grunch live along. 
a, a, a road, an, an, an abandoned road, and out in the forest, and they're supposedly uh, small, deformed people. Uh, the legend is the same as it is in these other states that there was a you know mental institution out in uh, you know out in the, in the in the country, and it shut down, and and uh, a number of patients disappeared and and eventually uh, formed their own colony and all the the people are inbred and deformed and the grunch are are these people in in louisiana around uh, around new orleans and and if you are on this country lane which uh high school kids like to go out there and 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 park um the the grunch if you go outside the grunch might steal you i love that how about the beast of truro the beast of truro is an enormous turtle that lives in a lake. It's about the size of a um, uh, a Volkswagen Beetle, is what it's been been described That's as. It's a big turtle. And it's a huge turtle and and uh, a snapping one at that. And if um, I mean, it's the 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 pond that it's been that it supposedly lives in has has been um, you know it's changed hands because people have, have have you know sold bought and sold the land. Uh, but in in modern days, I mean. Somebody occasionally will report it, but but they've never drained the pond to, you know, to actually find it. We are talking with Jason Offit. We're going to take calls with him next hour. Nain Rouge, what is that? This is um, from from Detroit, from way back when the French were in control. My old hometown. Um, yeah, of, of that area. And um, they um, this is a, a little red demon, and it was said to have been seen when the French and, and the Native Americans from the area had a war. And the war was so bloody that the ground was red and that the, that the nearby river flowed red. And uh, the Nain Rouge, this little red demon, was seen dancing and, and chortling on the, on the battlefield. And it has been seen in Detroit over, over the, the years when some disaster happens. There was a huge ice storm in the 1970s, and it, it was seen by uh, by, by an electric worker as he was on a fire pole, or not a fire pole, but on a light pole trying to restore the lights after the after the ice storm. And, and he saw the Nain Rouge on another light pole down the down down the line, you know, laughing. And it, it, it has been witnessed at, at, at other times in, in Detroit, but I think that is that is a fun story because there are all sorts of paranormal creatures that that either precede or or follow disasters, and of course I think the most famous one in the United States has to be Mothman. Oh, there's no question. But he brought danger, did he not? Uh, Mothman. Yeah. Yeah. He he definitely brought it brought along uh, brought a lot of strange things along with it. Not just the Silver Bridge collapse, but. Uh, uh, you know, there were, there, there were, I believe, missing pets. And then, of course, we have all of the men in black encounters that John Keel wrote about. What are space penguins, Jason? Yeah, this happened in uh, in, in Missouri and uh, down around Jefferson City back in the in the 1960s. And a farmer on Valentine's Day was he just went outside to look, to look at a fence that that had been been giving him problems. And he saw what looked like. A mushroom, a giant mushroom, in his field, and and he walked cl- closer to it. And as he walked closer to it, he saw some figures about four foot, three to four feet tall, standing outside of the mushroom. 
and they were green, and they looked like penguins. Jeez. And he did, I guess, what guys normally do. He didn't go up and say, hi, may I take you to my leader? No, he started throwing rocks at them. And the rocks hit what, you know, sounds like a, a, a the shields, the, the force shields from, from the Star, Starship Enterprise, and they just bounced off of a spot in the air. And, and at that point, when they saw they were under attack, uh, they got back and they got into the, uh, you know, into the giant mushroom and it went up and, and off it went to the sky. Night people. I mean, we're, we're not pleasant people, George. We will throw rocks at aliens. And yeah, we'll do worse, too. Hmm. Now, what are the night people? Oh, the night people is a story from my hometown of Oric, Missouri. Um, this was in, in the uh, early 1960s. A man named Vern Windsor, when he was young, um, he didn't like to go to bed, like a lot of kids don't like to go to bed. But, you know, he went when his parents told him to, and he said he would stare out the window, and he would see what he called the night people. And, and they were doing what people normally do during the day. They were talking to each other over the fence. They were mowing the yard. Um, they were, you know, pushing a baby stroller down down the sidewalk he he couldn't ever hear anything though he he could just see them and and the odd thing about them was that they had big eyes like like fish they had fish eyes and they absolutely absolutely fascinated him and, and he would watch them when whenever they'd come out he he called them the night people because they would go in and out of houses and and do everything the day people would do which were you know his family and all, all the neighbors and one night they noticed he saw a little boy outside with a ball and he wanted to go outside and play with this little fish-eyed boy and the father of the boy that's what he assumed saw him and he saw that they were seen and and Vern passed out and it scared him it was yes or he was made to pass out he mm. um um, you know, woke up the next morning and he was on the floor and, and he'd, uh, he was you know, still in his pajamas, but he was, he was on the floor later in life. He thinks that these might've been, uh, might've been extraterrestrials. They might've been aliens because he had a, had a pain in his nose and he blew it and out came a, uh, silver, a silver oh, object. Like that a little implant. Of, exactly. He said it looked like the size of a, uh, uh, a Tylenol capsule, and he was going to save it. He took it to the bathroom to wash it, wash the you know blood and mucus off, and it melted and uh, and went down the sink. You know, oh. like it was was mercury. What a discovery that would have been, Jace. We're going to take a short break. Come back and take uh, phone calls. A couple more monsters I want to ask you about, including the lizard man.